In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Top 5 Most Haunted Items to Ever Exist Every year, people flock to haunted places hoping for a glimpse of ghosts, paranormal hauntings, or anything that might make their hairs stand on end. But sometimes, the scariest hauntings come from seemingly ordinary, everyday objects. These are the top 5 most haunted items to ever exist. Number 5. Debbie Merrick Doll Buying a beautiful porcelain doll from a thrift store doesn't normally cause grief, but for Debbie Merrick of Kingsland, Norfolk, it became a nightmare. She had bought three porcelain dolls from a thrift shop for five pounds. Although she didn't mind the two dolls, she immediately took a dislike to one of them, the one in the wedding dress. Within days of bringing it home, strange things began happening. Her smoke alarms would go off at random, and several unexplained noises, as if someone was moving about in their home, could be heard even when no one was there. What's more, Debbie's husband woke up one day to discover tiny scratches on his legs. Both were confused and initially thought it looked like cat scratches until they realized that they were also the same size of those of the doll's hands. Their daughter Holly also kept telling her dad that the scratches were made by the doll. One of Debbie's friends, a psychic, came to see the doll and told the family that there was something inside of it. Fed up and weary of the strange occurrences, they placed the doll inside a plastic box and stuffed it into the shed out back. However, several times they found the doll mysteriously outside of the box. They also found its necklace, which was usually wrapped around its neck, removed and lying about in different places. This was the last straw for Debbie, so she decided to sell the doll via eBay hoping someone would take it off her hands. After a bidding war broke out, the doll successfully went to bidder Leo Steer. According to him, two days after receiving the doll, he also began experiencing unusual phenomenon. He started to hear strange noises in his home and also found items mysteriously broken for no reason. Leo's father even woke up one day with strange scratches on his legs, similar to what Debbie's husband had experienced. Interestingly, Leo said he used a random words app to try and communicate with the spirit. Apps such as these have been used by paranormal investigators who say it acts like a modern day Ouija board and spirits can use it to communicate. In his experiment, Leo first asked for the doll's name and it said that it was Samantha. Then he told the doll he wanted to piss it off 
and the random words app replied with, Strike Lee. He was curious because of the seemingly coherent response from the app, but unsure exactly what to make of it. Today, Leo still has the doll in his possession. It's unclear whether he plans to sell it or simply live with its scary and nefarious hauntings. Number 4. Busby Stoop Chair Thomas Busby from San Hutton, England was a loud man. A petty thief who had a mean and violent temper, he was someone you simply didn't want to mess with. Busby ended up marrying Elizabeth Audie and the two lived at a small inn. Elizabeth's father Daniel, a counterfeiter and criminal, wasn't happy with the marriage or with Busby, but put up with him for his daughter's sake. Eventually, Busby joined Daniel in running his coin counterfeiting operation from his farm's home, which Daniel called Dinity Hall. It's unclear what happened early on that day in July of 1702, but Daniel paid his daughter a visit at her home and demanded that she go back to Danity Hall with him. Elizabeth insisted that they wait for her husband to return. Daniel agreed and while doing so sat down on Busby's favorite wooden oak stoop chair. When Busby came home, he was drunk and furious that he found his father-in-law sitting in his favorite chair. The two then argued even more when Busby heard the reason for the visit. In the heat of the moment, Daniel stormed out of the home and returned to his farm. But an enraged Busby later went to the farm and once there, picked up a hammer in the vicinity and attacked his father-in-law, bludgeoning him to death. He threw the body a short distance away into the woods. Police eventually linked Busby to the killing and he was then sentenced to death. Prior to his death, however, his final request involved having one more drink and he chose to have it while sitting down on his favorite stoop chair. Minutes before he was let off for hanging, he cursed that chair by proclaiming, Death shall come swiftly to anyone that dares to sit in my chair. Years later, a pub at the inn opened under his name. Busby's pub, including his favorite chair, changed ownership for decades and by 1968, the chair had become famous for stories of how those who sat in it mysteriously died. Tony Earnshaw, the new pub owner, didn't believe in the curse and dismissed it until he saw it for himself. He had overheard two Royal Air Force men daring each other to sit in it. The men accepted one another's challenge, and everything went well, nothing was amiss, except that later that evening, both the RAF men died in a terrible car crash. Several days later, a group of builders dropped by the inn, and a young laborer was dared to sit in the chair. The young man unknowingly obliged, and that same day he fell off the roof and hit his head on the concrete below and died. Severely shaken, Earnshaw asked the Thirsk Museum to take away the chair with the promise they wouldn't allow anyone to ever sit in it again. So now, the cursed Busby Stoop chair sits four or five feet above the ground inside the Thirsk Museum, ensuring no one will ever sit in it again. Number 3. Lazaro Ouija Board Released internationally in February of 2018, Veronica is a horror film that focused around a teenage girl who together with friends used a Ouija board during a solar eclipse to summon the spirit of a friend's ex. But things go awry when they conjure up the wrong spirit instead. This malevolent ghost then goes on to wreak havoc in the home and in the girl's life. The premise and story depicted in this movie is disturbing, 
but apparently it has a real-life counterpart, the life of Estefania Gutierrez Lazaro. Lazaro was a teenage girl from Madrid, Spain. Like some teenagers, she started dabbling with the occult with friends. And just like in the movie, the girls used a Ouija board at school to perform a seance. They wanted to contact a friend's ex who had died recently on a motorbike. But before the ritual could end properly, the teens were interrupted by a teacher who, in a fit of rage, broke the glass the girls used as a planchet. The group later reported seeing a mysterious mist going up through Lazaro's nose and mouth. The next six months became a nightmare for the teen. She began having seizures and suffered through hallucinations. Her family said she would go into a rage, often barking at her brother and telling her parents she could see evil shadows walking past her bedroom. Worried for her well-being, her parents brought her to various doctors in hopes of finding answers. The doctors, however, couldn't find anything physically wrong with her at all. Lazaro was later found dead inside her bedroom with no apparent cause, but the torment didn't stop there. Soon her family began experiencing frightening incidents inside their home. They started seeing mysterious shadows of tall figures walking in their hallways and sometimes even peering into their bedrooms. Loud noises were heard, things would start falling off shelves for no reason, and doors closing and opening on their own. On November 27th of 1990, the parents became so terrified that they called the police. Mr. Gutierrez frantically asked for help, saying they were plagued by tall, shadowy people. The police thought it might have been intruders and dispatched two squad cars to assist. When authorities entered the home, they couldn't find any sign of forced entry and nobody was inside. It was then that they told the police about the ordeal they had been suffering through, the loud bangs and noises, and all the shadowy figures. The officers were baffled and almost dismissive. Inspector Jose Negri ordered two officers to stay with Mrs. Gutierrez, while he and two other officers accompanied Mr. Gutierrez to check the master bedroom. Once inside, they stood there talking for a moment when they heard a loud bang as if a boulder had landed and rolled across the balcony's tiled floor. They rushed to check it, but there was nothing. They went back to the living room and asked the people there if they heard it, but they hadn't. In the same instant, one officer cried out, Duck! to his partner who was standing next to a large pine armoire. The partner moved back in time to avoid being hit by the doors suddenly flinging open. The nervous officers pulled out their guns, unsure of what was happening. They examined the armoire and couldn't find any trickery or strings. Two officers were so afraid that they opted to wait outside in the cold rather than stay inside any longer. The inspector, the couple, and the other officers went to the dining room and that's when the couple shared the story of their daughter. While talking, the group heard a loud ruckus coming from the girl's old bedroom. They opened the door to find the crucifix that was nailed to the wall now lying on the floor. Claw marks were also found on a poster that hung on the same wall. Despite the unusual incidents they witnessed, police were unsure how to help and what they could do. Eventually, the couple decided it was best to leave their home entirely and move to another place. Since then, no strange hauntings have been reported in the old home or at their new place. Number 2. Real Life Annabelle Doll One of the most famous haunted dolls in the world, Annabelle, scared fans and viewers alike when she was first brought to the forefront in the film The Conjuring. Although the doll in the movie looks positively evil, 
The real-life Annabelle hardly looks scary at all with her red yarn hair and circled dots for eyes. But paranormal experts Ed and Lorraine Warren argue the doll is nothing but pure evil. Annabelle is a typical Raggedy Ann doll popular during the 70s and 80s. It was once owned by Donna, a college nursing student from Hartford, Connecticut. The doll was given to her as a present by her mother, who said that she got it from a hobby shop. At the time, Donna lived in a tiny apartment with her roommate Angie, along with Angie's fiancé Lou. Both Donna and Angie adored the doll, but Lou hated it. Early on, both Angie and Donna noticed the doll seemed to move on its own, but it was so subtle that they joked about it. However, the movement soon increased. They would find the doll in different rooms, and sometimes it would appear back in Donna's room, even when the door was shut. They would also find the doll with arms folded or on its feet. Then Donna began finding pieces of parchment paper with messages written on them. Some of the messages would say, help us, while another said, help Lou. More baffling is there was no parchment paper in the house, so Donna had no idea where that paper had come from. At one point, Donna found the doll with blood on her hands. She was so terrified that they called in a medium who told them that the doll was possessed by a girl named Annabelle Higgins who died on the property where the apartment now stood. Even after this revelation, Donna and Angie agreed to let the doll stay. But Lou began having very strange dreams. In one instance, he was laying in bed when he suddenly froze and he could see the doll climbing up on his legs and onto his face where it placed its hands on his throat and started choking him. Several days later, Angie and Lou were planning an upcoming trip in the living room when they heard something moving inside Donna's room. They were worried it was an intruder, but when Lou went to check, he couldn't find anyone except Annabelle sitting on the corner of the bed. Then he felt someone staring at him from behind, but when he turned around, he felt a sharp pain in his chest. He looked down and saw a series of claw marks. Oddly, the wounds were fully healed after just two days. Having had enough, though, they contacted a priest who, in turn, called the Warrens. When Ed and Lorraine checked the doll, they said it wasn't possessed by a spirit, but instead, a demon. This malevolent spirit was manipulating the doll, hoping to give the impression of a haunting. The priest did an exorcism on the apartment while the Warrens took the doll. The couple purposely avoided highways and used the back roads to prevent road mishaps, but Annabelle still tried to mess with the car, causing it to turn on and off while attempting to control the wheel. It finally stopped, though, when Ed Warren flung holy water on it. Even after the doll arrived at the Warrens' home and eventually Museum of Oddities, it continued to cause havoc and had to be exercised. It was finally placed in a glass box with prayers surrounding it. A stern warning is placed on the outside as well. According to Lorraine, the entity is still there, likely biding its time until it can get to someone else again. Number 1. The Hand Resistant Painting In the world of haunted paintings, the Hand Resistant Painting by artist Bill Stoneham is said to be the most frightening of them all. This painting was created in 1972 and shows a young boy standing in front of a glass door. The boy in the painting is actually a young Bill Stoneham himself. To the side of him is an eyeless doll, originally a young girl he used to play with. What's unnerving about the image, aside from the eyeless doll girl, 
are the number of disembodied hands pressing against the glass door just behind the boy. The painting was based on a poem created by Stoneham's wife titled Hands Resist Him. The poem, in turn, was inspired by Stoneham's experience of being adopted and not knowing who his real parents or siblings were. He created the painting using a 20-year-old photograph of him and a young girl taken by his adoptive parents in Chicago during a trip. After it was shown in a gallery by Charles Fingarden, the painting was bought by actor John Marley, famous for the movie The Godfather. Art critic Henry Seldes from the Los Angeles Times even mentioned it in his review. However, this is where the first of the painting's mysterious incidents happened, as all three men died shortly after, between 1978 and 1984. During this time, the paintings also switched hands. After 26 years, it was found behind a California brewery, and by 2000, the painting had showed up on eBay. This time around, though, it had a horror story to go with it. According to the listing and the owners, they were wondering why a beautiful painting would be discarded. One morning, their four-year-old daughter claimed she saw the children in the painting fighting and coming into the room at night. The father, of course, was skeptical, but decided to set up a motion-sensitive camera to show his daughter there was nothing to be worried about. But to his surprise, it captured the boy crawling from the painting instead. The last two photos captured is said to show the little doll also coming to life and forcing the boy to leave the painting. Skeptics, of course, were dubious of the story, but soon even those just visiting the listing page and seeing the painting started reporting bouts of dizziness, feeling unease, hearing words spoken to them, and even reporting blackouts. It was later bought by gallery owner Kim Smith. Smith said that on occasion, she still gets curious onlookers inquiring about the painting. Perhaps, even just looking at it can cause something strange to occur in the viewer, or maybe it's nothing but a placebo effect. The hand-resistant painting is currently in storage in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So there were the top five most haunted items to ever exist. Haunted items may be uncommon, but they do exist. Whatever the source or reason for their hauntings, there's no denying that sometimes strange and unexplainable things happen in the most unlikely of places. If you like this video, then please subscribe to our channel because every Wednesday and Saturday we have new videos coming out for you to check out. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you soon.